you're a PEC that hasn't done a lot of communication or hasn't solicited in a couple of years because of COVID, a third of the folks have no idea who you are. Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, Adam Belmar. I don't know, Adam, this week was a weird week in the world of just news uh, circling around us. I don't know about you, but I feel so sorry for the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. They lost, it looks like they lost a $80 ham radio transmitter balloon to a $143 million fighter jet from the U.S. Air Force. Sort of crazy times right now. Absolutely. I keyed in on that first thing today. The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade put a name to it. There's a kid out there who is righteously upset that an F-22 Raptor scored a heat-seeking missile kill over American airspace. But, you know, like you said, it's crazy times, and the number one pack podcast in America continues on regardless. We're just trying to keep it real here, but what a crazy week. So, Adam, coming up, we have Amy Adams on our new program, Let's Talk, and what trends are emerging in the PAC space. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. From design to podcasts, from infographics to digital, work with the team that leading PACs and government affairs programs call when they need results. Access Marketing Services. Thanks, Adam. And thanks, as always, to Access Marketing Services. Appreciate your ongoing support of our podcast. And joining us now is Amy Adams, not only NAPAC PAC Help Hotline extraordinaire, but also president of Dunn Associates to really talk through the bigger trends that we're seeing right out of the gate here in the first couple of months of the year. Um, so I'm excited, Amy, to welcome you back, as always, to the number one PAC podcast in America. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Is it 2024 yet? Or is it, I mean, how is it already nearing the end of February and... It's been it's been a year already. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, this news cycle that uh, Michaela has just mentioned. I mean, literally, wait fifteen minutes, it'll change. Things are hopping, but you know what? You get to see things that are hopping in the pack space. The early warning radar with the best attenuation and filters to know what's going on. In the pack world, Amy, you hear it all. And your new program, Let's Talk, is an opportunity for everyone to come together and hear a much more sort of private, candid, and interactive deep dive discussion that's just single issue focused. I love what you're doing with this. Yeah, it's really, we just had our first one this week and I, it was really fantastic. You know, there's so many great things that we hear about happening in the pack community. And maybe sometimes they're not big enough for a one hour panel, but I felt like we wanted to make sure that they were getting the attention that they deserve, that others in the community were getting to learn from the great work that people are doing. And so this 30 minute time slot gives us a chance to just get in on a single issue and have a real conversation with the people who are doing some excellent, excellent work. She started out in the perfect place. Micah Hyder, ACC, PAC Boot Camp. Micah was fantastic as always. You know, Amy, I had an opportunity to actually 
actually be a presenter at Micah's boot camp earlier in the year. And, you know, she had such great engagement from her members, um, incredible discussions. And it was really an opportunity. I mean, she likes to sort of say that if she can get her members trained, it's sort of almost like a mini NAPAC training. If she can get her members up and running and firing on all cylinders, it's better for her as an association. It's better for the industry. It's better for her members. It's better for the PAC community generally. And so I'm glad we had an opportunity to really dive in a lot deeper and and not only just the logistics, but the why. What did she have to say about that? Well, you know, she really felt like she was fielding a lot of questions from her member companies. And, you know, for a lot of associations, some of their member companies are small government affairs shops. It's just one person and the pack is maybe just 10% of what they do. Um, While you may have some member companies that, that have full staff. So she really, you know, saw that there was this need to come together once a cycle and, talk through everything from the compliance side to the fundraising side to the disbursements, which I think is also a very interesting conversation about how you're looking at your disbursements, how you're being strategic and and making the most out of the money that you're raising. She really covers it all. And she's really a big proponent of doing it in person still because you, you know, you get to have, she said a lot of the benefit of it was the networking that came, that comes out of it in the time that they have together. This program, Let's Talk, is for NABPAC members. So for folks who are listening to this show who might be wondering, where do I get this? Where do I see it? Well, it's kind of a live event. It's kind of exclusive. And it goes a lot deeper than this podcast. It takes you to places that, frankly, we couldn't even reach here on the Facts About PACs podcast. But as you dive into trends, I'm very curious. We're seeing serious shifts in workforce composition. Can you give us a sense, even beyond that first pilot episode, what are the trends that you're seeing, Amy Adams, and that we should all be thinking about? Yeah, well, sort of on the on the real macro level, we're seeing a trend in workforce. You know, I think everybody's kind of seen the signs for Help Wanted everywhere in restaurants with limited hours. But there is truly fewer numbers of employees entering the workforce every year now, uh, something we haven't seen in a very long time. And so there are fewer people out there, less talent to bring in. But one of the things that's fascinating that I'm hearing over and over again is that a third, up to a third of their workforce is new to the company or to the organization since COVID started. That means if you're a PAC that hasn't done a lot of communication or hasn't solicited in a couple of years because of COVID, a third of the folks have no idea who you are. So in some ways, wow, that's a pretty startling statistic, but it's also an opportunity to really take the time to do some education and to get people to understand why your pack is important to the mission of your company or your organization. And and I think there's it, it provides an opportunity. In some ways, it's nice. You're not you're dealing with less of the thoughts people had about your pack in the past, and you have a chance to maybe even rebrand yourself. I think, Amy, too, while it is it's absolutely an opportunity, I think sometimes we get so focused on those that have been giving and have been around and been employees for a long time and that sort of pack 101, but you really, it's just a testament to 
there should always be an element of that PAC 101 in your communications because we're going to continue to see this shift in new employees and that haven't really been touched yet and that need to be. And before we go in and start talking all about the PAC, they need to really understand what is a PAC and why do we have one? The same thing that confronts us as Amy talks about one third of people in both the employee base or even within the solicitable class being new and unfamiliar. So too are we hearing from other parts of our Washington offices about all the new staff that are attendant to all the new members. And we're pretty good at talking to the people who are already with us, with our champions, but building new ones is always a process that requires building from the ground up, Amy. Yeah, and related to that, I think it's important to remind your potential members and your members of how many people actually come to Congress with with very little background, both the staff and the members, on your issues in particular and why it's so important to develop those relationships. I mean, this is education, education, education on both sides, both out to staff and members, but also to your own internal folks. PACs, it seems, you know, you give and you raise money, but really the secret sauce is in the education that you do that's what's a differentiator, I think, for for a number of, of PACs. Um, Michaela, I, I assume that, you know, as it flows downhill, that these workforce shifts are going to lead to, in some cases, change in receipts for PACs. What are you seeing there, Amy? I mean, are we, is there anything that we can discern even anecdotally as we come out of the 22 cycle on that score? I mean, I think there was this tendency to say, oh, our receipts are all going to be down. But there have been a number of PACs who kept soliciting throughout COVID and and actually have been increasing. You know, maybe they're not as large of increases in their fundraising, but they have been having successful campaigns. Um, So I wouldn't say that there's sort of a blanket statement. Certainly some people haven't solicited at all, so their receipts have gone down. But what has been an interesting trend I've noticed is that some of the big industries, you know, there's been some shifting in who's number one, number two, you know, the top five have seemed to be shifting around in terms of who's raising the most. And, And that's been interesting to me to watch. Some of the companies that have always been the largest pack in their industry are now slipping or others are coming within a couple thousand dollars of knocking them out of place. I think that's an interesting trend to watch. Um, There's definitely, it's a little bit more of a fluid uh, space than it used to be. Well, too, Amy, I think um, along those lines, I think it's interesting to kind of think about, um, you know, the executives and their participation. We always talk about a best practice, obviously, is you've got to have that executive support and buy-in. We know from our surveys over the years that, you know, the average contribution to our PACs is, you know, somewhere in the $600 a year range. We'll, We'll, with our new trend survey, kind of get a sense of where that's landing after this last election cycle. Um, so, but, but executive giving has always been a major part of building that success. And I'm curious what you're seeing, uh, you know, on that front with executive involvement and giving with the PACs. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't know if it's anecdotal. I know the best practices, you know, we, we look at the best practices and often see that, um, 
executive giving is typically in the 70, the participation is between 70 to 100% participation among executive giving and even sort of that next level down senior senior leaders um, up north of 70%. Um, I've been having some conversations lately with folks where I, you know, they're, they're sharing with me numbers that are more in the 20% level, 25% level. And, and that's concerning to me. Oftentimes when we have conversations about it, it's because there had been a, a general counsel who wasn't particularly um, interested in the PAC or a CEO who wasn't really wanting to be an advocate. Um, But I'm also seeing a shift of people coming back with, with there's all of a sudden this interest by um, their leaders to revitalize the pack. I've been having some real conversations with folks um, lately about ways that they can revitalize their pack. So, um, you know, look, I, I would, I would encourage people to look at what your participation rates are um, by management level and also by business unit. And, and if you can, crossed out both of those. Um, I think it helps you to find where there are pockets for opportunities and where there are needs to actually grow your participation. Something as simple as your recommended giving guidelines, are they calibrated correctly? You know, are you actually giving people at all levels of your organization an opportunity to give in a way that is meaningful in a way that they, that is also accessible to them, right? Do you have one, you know, are you just throwing out three club levels and saying, here's gold, silver, and platinum and give it this, you know, for some people that may not be very accessible. Or are you saying, Hey, you who are newer in your career, give it this level, or you who are, you know, a lower grade in your company, you give it this lower level. But for those who are more senior, we're looking for uh, a bigger investment in the pack. Um, And, and recognizing that those lists are the same. And sometimes maybe even for younger or lower level people, those, those lists that they're making, giving $500 to the pack in a year is very different. It, you know, is actually probably more of a contribution um, than somebody who is more highly compensated and giving a little bit more. So, you know, I think that's one way of looking at it. Are, you know, are you, are you democratizing entry into your pack? Are you looking at, you know, I, I said, if you know, does, do your communications reflect, you know, can, can people see themselves in your pack? I think the temptation is always to include, you know, talk about all the members of Congress that were, that you're supporting, but sometimes I need to see who, not so much who we're making contributions to, but where do I fit into this? And you have to make sure that people can see that and they can see themselves in it. I mean, you can do it through, you know, member spotlights in your, in your communications. You can do it through um, the photos that you use in your annual reports. I mean, there are a number of ways, but again, taking off your government affairs hat, putting on your employee hat or your members glasses and looking at it from that perspective. I think that's just the perfect advice. And I think, Adam, as we think about our show next week, as we talk to BIPAC about some of the research they have on the employees and the information that they're looking for, I think it'll be interesting. It's been a trend line there, but even the younger generation, sort of the 18 to 35, it's a little counterintuitive, but they really do rely on this information. They value this information from their employers. And I think even as you talk about the PAC, Amy, 
you know, they really do want to know, well, at my level within the organization, what is everybody else doing? And so providing them sort of that framework is so important. Um, But I'm excited, Adam, to dive a little bit deeper into that BIPAC research next week, because we've talked a lot about, you know, engaging diverse voices and other employees within the organization. I think folks are going to be interested in hearing some of that data. Oh, absolutely. And I think you really put your finger on it there, Michaela. It is very much in the same space that Amy Adams has described for us today, where this influx of new and younger professionals into the workforce across our country and industries is showing us that some things remain. We have a lot of energy and appetite for good, serious information from employers for employees. But one thing we're seeing is that it is much less actionable. There's a great deal of room for growth there. I did have one other trend that I thought was interesting that I think a lot of our members will be interested in hearing about too, is I've been looking at some of the data coming out. I'm seeing a shift in campaign timelines, which I think is uh, solicitation campaign timelines, which I think is really interesting. It used to be in the old days that everybody ran their membership campaigns or annual membership campaigns for their packs in the springtime. And uh, because of COVID, uh, some of that slipped some, and, and then we saw a trend where there were numbers that are happening in the fall. But what we see holding is that people are kind of sticking with, we haven't, we're seeing an equal number of people who are doing their solicitation campaigns either in the spring or the fall. And even some that have been very successful, believe it or not, in July and August, which would have been, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've said, no, 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 never make a, you know, never do a solicitation in the summer, never in August. But sure enough, for some companies or for some organizations, that's the time when their employees can actually focus on these things. So, you know, I think, it goes back to what I've been saying is take a step back, look at your infrastructure, look at your, ed, you know, your marketing and your education outreach and look at your fundraising and see like, am I doing the same thing just because I'm, that's how we've always done it? Or is this a time to really take the look at what we're doing and make sure that it works for our organization and for our members and our employees. If the spring is a busy time, if you're in the finance industry and tax time is a, is really a, when everybody's so busy, then you don't want to do your campaign then. So I, you know, I think this is this is really a time to take a step back. Amy, I think that's all such sound advice. It just goes back to knowing your culture and really understanding the way your organization works. But, you know, also it's good to know what the trends are and, and what the best practices are. I also think your I love your thoughts around taking a step back and really evaluating. We don't have to do things the way we've always done it. And I think that ties in nicely with our luncheon next week with Rocky Krivijansky, who's really going to be talking about ways in which through your pack, you can build that credibility not only with your executive management team, but also with your PAC members and your donors. So uh, join us, hopefully, for those of you that haven't seen it, hopefully you can join us next week for our lunch at the NAPAC offices. Amy Adams, thank you for being back with us on the Facts About PACs podcast. Always happy to be here. And subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About PACs. Facts.